All right, so we're starting another episode of Cutting Room Floor. We have just started a series looking at the book of Exodus, and we thought maybe we'd take some time today to kind of do kind of an overview of major themes, key content in the book of Exodus as we move forward, because we won't be able to touch on every single thing, right? It's a big book, and we're not going to spend the next two years in it. Uh, so <laughs> thought maybe we'd do a sort of high-level overview as we're starting it so we can kind of be grounded in some of the key concepts that not only pop up in Exodus, but also shape our understanding of what how God acts in the world and particularly how that's revealed mm-hmm. in the New Testament. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so like thinking about this, you know, the book of Exodus, one of the ways that I like to think about it and this, you know, you might think this is cheesier or whatnot is framing it around this idea of this is us uh-huh. and riffing off of that's one of my favorite shows. Okay. This is us. But talking yeah. about the book of Exodus as being like our story rescued into God's story okay. and that being our story that mm-hmm. when we read the book of Exodus, we're reading about God delivering and rescuing a people yep. to call him to himself, to live into a new way. Yep. And that's essentially our story okay. that God is going to do that for us, just like he did for Israel and kind of the way to look so at the this Exodus then, story in the book of Exodus becomes a prototype. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And it, be, again, it shapes the way how we view what God is doing in our world yep. today. And what we would, God did through Jesus and how he is working in us. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And so maybe to start off, there's really just kind of three kind of big ideas that I wanted to talk about as far as themes go. Okay. And that will, we're going to be hitting on them throughout the book Exodus. And the first one is God's justice on evil or God's judgment on evil. And thinking about this is that we talked about this, you know, this past week on Sunday, or you did, about how Pharaoh is essentially kind of depicted in this, you know, he's a tyrannical, he's fearful, but really the language that the the book of Exodus uses in the first chapter is that he's essentially like a new Babylon. He's using Mm. brick and mortar. And it's the only other time that that phrase is used is back with the Tower of Babylon. And it's kind of Mm. meant to echo back to, okay, here is Egypt and Pharaoh, this kind of, you know, the new empire, if you will, this big bad you know, monster, so to speak. And Pharaoh is using his political power to really unleash oppression on Mm. Israel. And to see that, that the the scope that of, of what Israel is facing as far as oppression from Pharaoh, this is kind of a, a really key point that was pointed out to me before is that it's not just that God is rescuing them in like a spiritual sense, Mm -hmm. how we might think kind of a one dimensional churches. We think of like, you know, Jesus is only about the spiritual. Yeah. Uh, but what, we're, what we learn is actually some of the prototype of how we understand the new Exodus in the New Testament exactly. is shaped on the Exodus in the old. For sure. And that has multiple yeah. uh, elements of rescue. Yeah, it's multiple dimensions that, yeah. that Yahweh, the God of Israel, is, is bringing Israel out of as yeah. far as freeing them from bondage. There's yeah. a political aspect where you kind of read through chapter one, there's political maneuvering going on where Pharaoh is worried that, Israel or Egypt's enemies are going to yeah. come and ally with mm. with Israel as they're getting more numerous, as yeah. they're being fruitful and multiplying. Yeah. You know, there's an economic aspect where this is kind of one of the, the main tenets really through chapter one is that Pharaoh is wanting to build these huge storehouses to kind of build mm. up his own empire. Yeah. And he's using forced labor. He's, he's kind of belittling these yeah. people to gain his own economic interest and yeah. growth. You know, there's the social aspect where Pharaoh is using the Hebrew midwives to do something 
going against their conscience mm -hmm. and he's telling them, you know, if there's a male baby that's yeah. a Hebrew, that one needs to, to die. Yeah. And then there's obviously the, the spiritual aspect, yeah. too, where Israel is crying out. They're groaning yeah, to God. And that's a, a huge yeah. major theme that kind of runs throughout the book of Exodus yeah. and on into the rest of the scripture. But the point being is that when God brings his justice and when God is going to we're going to get to this in the second one here, bring redemption. It's this holistic aspect yeah. that God is wanting to do through Israel or to, yeah. for Israel. Yeah, that's good. So, and then the, the Exodus, uh, right, book two in the Torah, then becomes a prototype of the kind of redemption, mm -hmm. the kind of rescue, the kind of freedom that Jesus wants to Exactly, bring, yeah. That he wants to fully rescue us, which starts in, the new, or in, the, in his life. Yeah. Uh, is sort of picks up speed through his death and resurrection, mm -hmm. and then will be brought to full consummation when he returns exactly. to make all things new. For sure. Uh, which has a full, right, has political implications yeah. because it is about God's kingdom. The kingdom, yeah. Right? It has material implications, the redemption of all things. All things, yeah. Right? Uh, it has obvious spiritual, social, and even emotional exactly. implications. Yeah. Um, so, so there's this idea of the Exodus that we're reading about now, then pointing to this full redemption of all things at the end of history. Exactly. Yeah. And so seeing how both of these two go together, when God brings deliverance, when God enacts justice yeah. on evil, he's redeeming his people and re redemption and re God redeeming is, you know, another one of those key themes yeah, that we good. see throughout the book of Exodus, where the people are in slavery, they're crying out and there's this oppressor, oppressor Pharaoh, God raises up a deliverer and through suffering, that deliverer grows, and we see that prototype kind of happening yeah. throughout the rest of Scripture. The deliverer brings liberation, and in the narrative, especially in Exodus here, that liberation happens by means of death, namely the Passover mm -hmm. lamb. We'll get to that in a few weeks. Yeah. And in the midst of all this, this is kind of, again, what we're talking about here. God is enacting justice on the oppressor. Yeah. Evil is ultimately and, and defi definitively defeated. But here's the thing, and this is kind of an, another key kind of frame or theme, if you will, is that as God is enacting justice, bringing redemption, Israel is being set free. Hmm. But this concept of freedom is an important theme throughout the book of Exodus and really throughout the rest of scripture. But it's not how we often think of freedom in sort of our modern vernacular. Yeah. We often think of freedom as like freedom, do whatever you whatever want. Whatever I want, right? Yeah. It's like the Frozen song, right? No rules, no right, no wrong. Yeah. Just do I'm free, right? Yeah. And the thing is though, when you read the book of Exodus, especially in like the narrative sequence, God brings salvation. He brings redemption in yeah. the first half of the book, the crossing of the Red Sea. Yeah. And then he brings the people to the, the base of Mount Sinai. And it's in that moment, Exodus 19 and 20 is kind of this key, almost pivot moment in the book where God reminds them, I've saved you. I've brought you to myself. Yeah. And then he gives, you know, the kind of the big famous, the big 10 commandments. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we think of, especially like the Torah and the Old Testament as like, you know, that's all the laws. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, God being this kind of judge who is giving all these rules of yeah. like how you're supposed to live. And it's all, you know, moral based, which there's a little bit of truth to that. But especially in the narrative flow, the salvation, the redemption, the, the bringing to himself, that yeah. all happens first. Yeah. And then they're invited. Yes, they're being freed from Pharaoh, but they're being freed into a new way yeah. of living. Which is important because sometimes you read the book of Exodus as like two halves. In the first half, you're like, oh, I love the story. Yeah. This is awesome. Look how cool God is. And then you read the second half and it's all these laws and you're like, what happened? Yeah. And, you know, as an ancient Hebrew, when you're looking at that, you're seeing, oh, 
the reason we get these laws is because God freed us. Exactly, yeah. So the law actually flows out of the story, and the God says, yes, I set you free so that exactly. you can live yeah. uh, according to my precepts, according to my design, according to my commands yeah, and invitation. For sure. And you think about it, just even in the history of kind of the Old Testament, Israel has been enslaved for centuries. I think it's, I believe it's 400 years. Yeah. They've been enslaved under Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And so they've kind of habituated and learned all these yeah. like unhealthy ways of living yeah. and being under Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And so God is, by giving them the law, it, this is a good thing for them, yeah. kind of reorienting them and retraining them yeah. to trust and live into a new way. And, yeah. you know, it's we've good. talked about this. One of the, my favorite examples of this is like, you, especially tied to Exodus chapter one, is that we read, you were teaching about this this past week, that one of the things that Israel is doing as slaves is they're being told to build these massive storehouses for food, kind of this accumulation yeah. mindset, right? And that's kind of the way Pharaoh is, is yeah. kind of leading and living his life. But then when you get to the, the latter half of the book of Exodus, when they're in the wilderness and yeah. into the rest of the Torah, totally they're told different. to, to, to yeah. trust, right? To not store up, to yeah. not hoard all this yeah, food, to but to trust daily, daily bread. Yeah. yeah. So you have this contrast between the way of Pharaoh mm -hmm. and the way of God. Exactly. Yeah. You start to see these contrasts. The more you sit in Exodus and contrast the laws and the way of God in the latter half of Exodus with the way of Pharaoh mm -hmm. in the first half, and you start to see, oh, there's an invitation into a different social reality, yeah. a different spiritual reality, a different way of leaning on provision. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And it's beautiful. And well, again, this is kind of just, you know, massive overview, yeah. so to speak. But looking at some of these themes, God's justice, redemption, what does yeah. it truly mean to be free? They're all really important themes that yeah. will continue on the rest of the book. So that's really helpful. Anything else that would be helpful to tease out? Any sort of like final thoughts as we sort yeah. of wrap it up? No, I think one thing I just want to kind of reiterate and yeah. hone in on is when we're looking at kind of the story of the Exodus and seeing that, you know, God is doing this, this work of bringing his, his justice yeah. and his judgment on evil. Yeah. This is coming from a place of God's love. And sometimes mm -hmm. we often pit those two against each other, mm -hmm. especially in our modern culture, yeah. where we might think of, we're going to get to this in a few weeks, the 10 plagues yeah. and think that this is, you know, Old Testament, mean, angry God. That's good. And we kind of go, oh, why is, isn't this like a little harsh yeah. or like over the top kind yeah. of a thing? And just to kind of frame it again, that remember, even if we kind of made it into like our modern example, if you have someone like a political leader right now and they were kind of sponsoring state sponsored genocide and yeah. in the enslavement of another group of people, 10 chances to turn from that, that would be actually considered very incredibly gracious, incredibly incredibly gracious. Like we would almost scratch our heads going, whoa, whoa, you got to like stop this immediately. Yeah, that's a good point. And so I think just when we're, when we, I'm just kind of preparing us as we get into this, we're yeah. going to see some stuff where our, you know, our, our modern brains might go, oh, that seems a little harsh. Yeah. Just to, and, and as you read, the, especially the 10 plagues, noticing how also Pharaoh himself yeah. is really turning his back on God repeatedly after chance, after that's chance, good. after chance. And, and it's because that, God loves yeah, us. That's good. I, I wonder if that loops back to your teaching too on the Tower of Babel and the sending of uh, Abraham, mm -hmm. right? So God picks a chosen people Yeah. and Abraham's living in Babylon. But then he says, you know, he, the Tower of Babel, the people are dispersed. And then he sends Abraham out to be a blessing yeah. to whom? 
the very people he just dispersed. Exactly, yeah. And now you have a similar thing, I think, happening with the Egyptians. Yeah. Yes, is God judging? Yeah, he is. Mm -hmm. But his big picture goal is to bring a blessing to the nations through his people. For sure. And this is key because, you know, this reminded me of this. One of the key things that you'll see, especially as you get into the encounter with Pharaoh, is that God says to Moses, and he says, obviously, to Moses and into Pharaoh, is that the reason God is doing these great acts of judgment is so that Egypt may know that Yahweh is God. And so one of the key themes throughout the book of Exodus is that Egypt, the nation, and Israel too, would know who God is. It's not just, you know, God doing this just to do this. God wants to make himself known to both Israel and Egypt to the point when when you keep reading, the book of Isaiah talks about how God says to the prophet Isaiah, even Egypt is his people, is a part of his people. So this is, you know, big macro picture. God is on a mission. Amos will say the same thing. Like there's... And I think there's something there too along the lines of like knowing God. It's not like God just wants us to say, oh, that's his name. It's mm-hmm. like, no, 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 actually, because there's knowing God is also the deepest connection to joy sure. and hope and goodness. For sure. Uh, and that God wants that for all people. Yeah, for, uh, for even sure. Even perpetrators of injustice. Exactly. Yeah. That's no, good. Thanks, man. Awesome. <laughs>